Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, where conversations save lives. This is episode 158, and I'm Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. Thanks for joining us this week for this conversation with me at the table. My co-host, DW. Man, so good to be with you. I enjoy these conversations every week. And today of all days, my birthday. I get to spend my birthday with you tonight. It's, it's a great day. Well, Woo! Happy, happy birthday. birthday. How old are you, Jeff? 32. 32 years old. Man, you're an old geezer. I know it. Do you know what went on 32 years ago today? What? I don't know. I'm just asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you were born that day, so that's something yeah. that happened. But do you know anything else that happened? Um, I'm trying to remember of all the different mailings I've gotten that have told me the things that have happened on this day. All right. I just wonder if it was real active day or kind of boring. I'm, you know, I'm not sure. You were born, so that was active for somebody. Well, I was born, I know that I was uh, a very small child when the Challenger exploded, which is not a very highlighting moment of our our history, but... That was one of the big events around, probably not on my birthday, but around the time of the year. But anyway, sad note. Watching that explosion was amazing. I mean, that was just, a, you know, in, in life you have these these few moments where you go, no kidding. That was one of them. So when you were born, your mom might have gone, no kidding. Something like that. Jason's with us again this week. It's good to have you back. We did miss you last week, but as always, man, good to have you on the conversation tonight. Oh, it's great to be back as always. It's fun hanging out with you guys and um, just getting ready for Winter Jam, which is next weekend yes weekend. it's crazy it's already here so uh if you haven't signed up there's still some room go cool. to uh, silvertranch.org and click on the winter jam banner and come join jeff and myself and we be, still have snow here we have plenty of we got like a foot and a half of snow yes awesome so it'll be good i'll be speaking jeff will be hanging out we'd love for you guys to come up and, and chat with us and share your stories and and just have some fun yeah, it's it's always a good time. Is there ice? Is there broomball? Oh, there's broomball. Yes. And, and we're going to have our annual broomball tournament with the traveling golden trophy. Wow. Wow. Is it real gold? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyone ever threaten to take it and melt it down? Uh, it's 100% gold paint. Good, good, good. Yeah. Or as, I, as my Italian friends in Chicago used to say, 150% gold. Which really is under 50%. They just slur it. Oh, right. Instead of 150%. It's like 150% gold. Nice. It's like, oh, man, man, this is so much gold. It's 150%. And they're laughing at you because they said under 50%, but you can't understand them. That's awesome. That's hey, funny. tonight our conversation is called What's the Point? I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation with many different people, even with myself, this question, what is the point? You know, if you've been living in the faith any length of time and you get to a point of crisis in your walk with God, sometimes you start asking those questions. Man, I sold out to God. I gave him everything. Maybe not everything, but I gave him at least the benefit of the doubt with going in to being a Christian. And now now things are just uncomfortable. There, Some things are unwanted in my life. 
And I'm just wondering, what's the point? What is the purpose of this life? In that state of mind, it could be a hard thing to press through. But we want to focus on a couple of things that we touched on last week. In last week's show, we talked about some of the spiritual disciplines, Dave, and talking about prayer, talking about worship, talking about some of the things that we do to not better our relationship with God, but to actually have relationship with God. And one of those things is prayer. And there's this verse we're going to be really focusing on tonight from Psalm 46. And Dave, just some introductory thoughts, maybe just highlight Psalm 46.10 for us, what this verse says and what it means for us as we start the conversation tonight. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted on the earth. Well, that's interesting. You know, one of the interesting things is if you're, if you're wondering, you know, what's the point? What's the point in your head? Why would you want to even listen to God? What's the point? Is it, is it to make your life better? Is it because you got the sugar daddy syndrome in your head and that's who God is to you and you just got to listen to him so it gives you something? I mean, why listen to God? And those listening to us, that's a question you got to answer. Why would you want to listen to God? And, and hopefully through this program, we can talk about that and answer it. All right, we're going to talk about this tonight here on the show. Join us on the tweet back. We're going to kick it off on Twitter right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Share your thoughts with us. Maybe you've been thinking those same thoughts. You know, what's the point of this? You know, I've been really, really seeking after God. I really have been trying to figure out what this Christian life's all about. Join us tonight on the tweet back. Share your thoughts. Use the hashtag HNRTB. This conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. If there's stuff going on in your life and you just need to vent to let something go, let it off your chest. Live coaches are great to have a conversation with at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW, Jason with you this week on the show, and we're talking about what's the point in a life? What's the point in life? What's the point in this Christian walk? What's the point? Maybe you're asking those questions. I had a conversation recently with a good friend of mine. We were talking and just having coffee, and there were certain things that he was saying, and, and, uh, and it was just one of those deals where he didn't come out and say it, but in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, man, this guy's asking the question, what's the point of my life? What am I doing with my life? Why am I doing some of the things that I'm doing? What's, what's the purpose in it? Is there a payout? I mean, is there really a purpose in, in all this? And we, ask, we get to the point in our life where we ask these questions. Some of us ask it pretty regularly. Some of us, you know, get to a point in our life where, you know, Jason, as we have young kids and we have things going on that we're busy and doing you know, we kind of refocus a little bit and we kind of ask the question, am I doing all that I can be doing? Am I doing things that are effective or am I slacking off in different ways? You know, and just trying to figure out, okay, what is my purpose here in this world? I'd love to hear, Jason, some of your initial thoughts to Psalm 46. We've been chatting about this verse a little bit and uh, just some of your initial thoughts. Have you ever had that point in your life where you question, what's the point? You know, I think I, I did. I think I faced that when I was younger. You know, when I was uh, in seventh grade, one of my youth leaders passed away. And at that point, I was half living for God and half not living for God. And it really helped me, you know, re- that's when really I was questioning that. Because, you know, when somebody you know that's been pouring into your life at a young age passes away, it, it just, it, you, you naturally question things. 
And on the end of it, you know, it really was me saying, all right, I want to have the same impact that this young person had in my life because I see that he had lasting joy, you know, because a lot of times as a young person, and, and even when I was in high school, there's certain things that you do that you think will pay out in the end, you know, and you enjoy it and you feel happiness. But as soon as you do it, there's always regret and there's always shame, you know, regardless of what it is. But whenever you're living for Christ, you know, and you're investing into things of eternal value. So it's taking that step back and, and thinking of life in, in, in perspective of eternity. You know, all of a sudden you're enjoying life, you're enjoying happiness and joy, and there's never any regret. There's never any shame. And that was, that was really the turning point for me, you know, in, in understanding what is the point. Because there, there's things and situations in life that happen where we won't fully understand it. We're human, you know, we're not God, we don't, you know, but over time, God gives us that peace just to continue to trust in Him. If we didn't need to trust in God, then we'd be all self-sufficient. In, in this verse, as we, as we talk about it today, Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God, I think it's a constant reminder that we need to etch out time in our lives to remember that we're not the ones in control. And so we need to stop and listen to the one who is in control so that we can refocus what we're living for, refocus the, the purpose and intent of why we're here on this earth. And that's hard to do in, in a culture that is so busy, that is so plugged into media, to technology, and all this other stuff. It's becoming harder and harder to actually do that. And, and if I were to say to a young person, you know, even today, be still, they'd look at me like as if I was speaking Czech, Czechoslovakian to yeah. them. I don't know yeah. why that came to mind. But. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. But it, it sounds good. Kolatsky. That's right. You know, but it, <laughs> that's the reality of it. You know, it's like they look at me like, huh? You know, yeah. what are you talking about? Be still? What is that? I could ask you, you guys, what if, though, we have to back the bus up even further? What if, as we look at this, we're thinking, all right, what is the point in life? Because we're thinking the point needs to be about us. Mm. But what if it's not about us? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the problem, that we're trying to do something that can't be done. And so we're missing it all the time because we're trying to make everything in the universe be about us somehow. But what if it's not about us? Mm. What if it's about God? Now, now, if we don't get that, and, and people could say, well, I don't want it that way. Frankly, there's a lot of things in life that aren't the way you want it to be. That's not the issue. The issue isn't saying I want it to be this way mm-hmm. when it isn't. I mean, I, I would like the Green Bay Packers to be the world champions. Huh. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. They're not. And, and, and people can say, well, they don't deserve it. You know what? They don't. They lost the game. The other team looked better. I mean, the whole works. It's not what I feel or what I hope. That's not reality. There is a reality out there, though. Honestly, every listener, all of us, we have to get to the point where we can see what the reality is. And when there's reality, we have to respond to it. And, and that's one of the, the real harder things of our culture. I get asked a lot to come places and help sort something out. And I'm always amazed because I'm not sorting anything out. <laughs> Why? Because I'm just looking at the truth saying, here's what I see, here's what I see. And they're going, oh, yeah, let me write that down. And I'm thinking, you know what? Our problem isn't that we don't know the answer. Our problem is we don't want to live in reality. Mm. And if we want to live in reality, we realize something. We realize there's a God and I'm not him. There was a creator. He created it a certain way. I need to know that and I need to adjust to it. Yeah. And if I don't do that, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I'm refusing to admit that things are a certain way and made a certain way. And that's where this verse sticks out to me. It's like, do I really want to position myself to hear how things are made and how they're done and then learn how to fit into it? 
Or do I want to make sure that I am the one dictating and have everything fit into that? And most people go to the latter there and they're miserable because they're trying to make life about them and have everything fit into it. Mm. And that's not how it was made. It was made by God and we need to fit into him. And, and I might have got too philosophical with you guys, but that, that's what I was thinking as you were talking there, Jason. You know, I think this verse, I'd, I'd actually be interested to look at the context more in the, in the psalmist and what was happening in his life. I would look at this and think maybe they were going through a time, you know, where they had to be reminded to be still. Because life comes at you a thousand miles an hour. And a lot of times the things that happen, we're not ready for. Dave, you talk about this often that we aren't really going to be ready for the next season in life until we get there. You know, I wasn't ready to be a dad until I became a dad. And even at that point, I wasn't ready to be a dad, but I was in that season of life. And so I had to learn, I had to adjust, I had to go through some transforming changes of, you know, attitudes and behaviors and, and things that I was used to doing, working in my own time frames, and now I had to adjust for other people's time frames and, and their needs. So my life was kind of flipped in that regard. There are other significant moments in, in life when seasons changed, you know, when I move out of my parents' house for the first time and and I have to live on my own and, and pay my own bills and, you know, have my own expenses and work a job. And so there's all these different things that I have to do in life that aren't always going to come naturally, but eventually I'll learn through the years. And I think that's maybe as we go through life, the more of these weathering storms that we face, some seasons come in and they're kind of gentle, but usually there's there's change. There's stuff that has to happen that, that I don't feel comfortable doing. And maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you're struggling and you're trying to figure out, okay, what's the point? You know, I've been weathering the storm for maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe 10 years. And I, I don't feel like there's any progress made. Let's talk about it. Join us tonight on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB or shoot us an email. We'd love to know what's going on in your life. And we'd love to chat with you more about what's happening and maybe maybe help you through some of the transition as well. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Keep it here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. You can check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Every episode, we have show notes available for, and they feature different things like videos, links, articles, and other relevant information pertaining to the conversation at hand. So if you miss any of those or want more information, just check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW, and Jason, tonight, guys, as we've been talking, you know, even the the feeling as we've talked with many young people, Dave, Jason, you guys, you see countless number of young people every single year. You probably know the numbers better than I do. But next weekend at Winter Jam, we're going to have hundreds of young people. And one of the things that comes up in conversations is, what do you do when you don't feel God in your life? When there's a sense that, you know, you're a Christian, you're following Jesus, you're going through all the different, um, you know, maybe religious obligations, going to church, being a part of Sunday school, maybe being a part of a life group, doing youth group stuff, serving in your church. But you, you for some reason, you don't feel like God is working in your life. I don't know if you ever felt that way. I know as a young person, there were times where I kind of felt like I was in this desert time in my faith where I was just doing a lot of stuff, but... It was kind of like I was praying and I was hitting a ceiling and it was, you know, it just seemed like there was this tension, even though like I was looking at my life and I was thinking, well, maybe I'm doing something that 
God's just not responding. God's just not answering my prayer the way that I thought he would. Um, I, I don't know. Have you guys ever felt that way? Have you talked with young people that have ever felt that way? Of course. And, and you know what's interesting is what role does feelings play in anything of reality-based anyway? I mean, what, what role do they play? Yeah. yeah. You guys are married, right? Yes. Yep. That's a fact, isn't it? Yes. What if you don't feel married? That'd be silly. How do you even feel married? How do you feel married? Um, <laughs> a dumb question. All right. See, that, that's what I'm talking about. So, so when people say, I don't know, I don't feel God, it's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean feel God? What do you, what do you mean? I don't even know what that means because I'm Swedish. You know that. Yes, we do. I don't know if I feel Swedish. I just am. And therefore, I guess I feel it. You know what I mean? It's like, how do I fix this? I, I don't know. How do you feel something? I, and, and there are times, when, as you guys are married, now, um, of course, not trying to get you in any kind of trouble whatsoever. Right. So everything we say will be totally private between us. Um, <laughs> is it always a blissful feeling to be married? No. Okay. But it doesn't mean that marriage is, is a bad thing. I mean, marriage is a great thing. Right. But there are times. Um, I travel some, and sometimes and my wife doesn't always travel with me. To be honestly, I don't like being away from her when I travel, and I don't like being in a motel room by myself. I just don't like that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be in one with either one of you either. <laughs> but, but, but what are you trying? To- I'm just trying to say something. <laughs> there's something that's right about being with my wife. There's, right. there's something yeah. that's right about it, and I feel better, and I feel complete, and I feel in the middle of the night like I'm sleeping, and someone's right. I mean, I, there's a feeling there. Okay. So when I I travel and I'm in a motel room without her, I'm all by myself. I don't feel right. But it doesn't mean I'm not married and I don't love her. And I, I mean, you see what I mean? It's not, the feeling doesn't necessarily have to coincide with the fact of the, the reality that's really there. Mm-hmm. And, and when you try and always reconcile that, mm-hmm. I think you're going to go nuts. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. And I think sometimes we have this perception that, let's say, an emotional experience with, in our relationship with God. That's totally fine. And then we, we enjoy that feeling and we want that feeling all the time. But the reality is, is that feeling is more like, almost like you were talking about. You're not going to have that same feeling all the time. Or you have a feeling and then you want to relive that feeling that you have rather than allowing God to show up in a, in a new way, in a different way. And I think sometimes we put God in a box in that way is that we experience God, you know, whether we go to a youth retreat, whether we go to a conference and we're like, oh, that was awesome. And then we want to try to relive that moment time and time again because that was awesome rather than looking forward to the next moment that God wants to show up and show off in our lives right. in, in amazing ways. And, and, and that, that's kind of the same way that you were yeah, talking well, about. Well, even running. You know, those yeah. people that run, and I am not a runner, I'm a waddler. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's true. I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, there's those that waddle, there's those that run. And I was a lineman in college, and linemen penguin. don't, yeah, they, they run like penguins. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm a penguin runner. But, but I understand that those who run, there's this, this high, this runner's high, this endorphin thing or whatever afterwards. I've right? never experienced that. Yeah, I never have, but I'm, I understand it's there. I'm, I'm an old swimmer, so I had it in, in that case. But here's the deal, though if you want that feeling, you get it because you did something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you went running, and so the running gave you the feeling. What happens a lot of times is we say, I just want the feeling, mm-hmm. and, and yet you don't do what you need to to get that feeling. 
You know, you guys, again, go back to the marriage analogy. You're, you're married, and there are times where you feel closer to your wife than, than other times. All right. And it's because you've communicated well. You've, in other words, there's reasons why you feel that way. But, but it's not the feeling that drives you. It's, it's the, you communicated well and all this other thing, and there's a byproduct of this feeling. And so when somebody comes and says, I, you know, I just need to feel God and I need to, and what they're doing is they're trying to put the cart before the horse there a lot of times. They're, they're saying, I want this feeling, then I'll be close to God. Well, how about getting close to God, and then you'll get the feeling? You know, I mean, th- that's part of it. And and by the way, I'm very close to my wife, and if I am traveling and speaking and staying in a motel room, and I don't feel like I'm close to her, I still am close to her. It's just I'm not physically close to her and those kinds of things. And it's not always the feeling that you can trust. So I, I'm just encouraging those that are listening. that There is, in our culture, a tremendous amount of... I need to feel God so that I can experience God when you should experience God and then you will feel God, if that makes sense. Yep. And the good news is, is that you can experience God where you're at. And so in the second half of the show, I just want to talk about living this lifestyle of worship because sometimes we think this relationship with God, this growing in our faith can only happen in a church building. You know, where we just, we go to church, we sing hymns, or we sing songs, and, and then we hear a, a good guy or a good lady get up and give a good message, and, and this talk that's apparently from the Bible, it's inspired, and it's supposed to kick me in the pants for my week, and give me a shot in the arm and say, here you go, son, you can do this. Here you go, daughter, you got it. You got all the value in the world, you could do this, you can get out there and kick butt. And, uh, and we lose sight of how life is actually meant to be this lifestyle of worship. Yeah, we're not always going to feel certain ways. We're not always going to get those dopamine rushes naturally. I think that's more of what we're after is, is just that sense of release in our mind, uh, in our brain. There's a, a biological process that happens even in praise and in worship with God. We're going to talk about this as we go on in the show. Join us on the tweet back tonight. You got some thoughts? I know you do. You're listening and you're like, hey, I got something to say. Jump on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Let us know your thoughts tonight. This show will continue in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Hey, I'm Tiger McLuhan from Youth Leadership. Recharge is coming to Green Bay this February. We know a lot of adults, parents, a lot of youth ministries that are filled with caring people who love children and love kids, but haven't really had the opportunity to be equipped, given practical ideas on how to do that desire more effectively. Every children's ministry worker, every youth worker hopes that their ministry makes a difference in their small group works and confirmation impacts those kids, but hope is not a strategy. To learn more about Recharge, visit ministryrecharge.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. We're so glad you've joined us this week for this conversation. And if you miss any part of this conversation this week or you want to go and listen to past episodes, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Just visit hopenet 360 dot com slash podcast jeff dw jason with you this week here on the show and we've been talking about what's the point okay so you got this life thing going on you've got this relationship with god and 
You're supposedly supposed to be jiving along, and as it would seem, life gets in the way. Sometimes things come up, things happen that you don't really like, and so you're kind of wondering, okay, well, there's that going on. Well, all right, we'll just kind of roll with it and see what happens, and after time goes on, things don't necessarily change, and so after a while, you just begin to think, well, man, all this pain, all this agony, all this expectation, all this disappointment that I have in my life, you know, a good friend of yours passes away or family member that you have been really close with, just all of a sudden something happens and life isn't the same. It changes and and you miss that person. There's so many things that can happen in life where we just begin to ask this question, you know, what is the point of it? What's the purpose in it? So we've been having this conversation with you guys and just want to hear from you guys. What do you think? What is the point of this life? We've been talking about prayer. We've been talking about Psalm 46 verse 10 that says to be still and to know that I am God. There are some times in life where it's so hard. Life is going on. Dave, I recall this passage. I don't even know where it's at in the Bible, but it's come to mind as we've been talking today. But talking about where uh, there there was an earthquake and there was a fire and the Lord wasn't in the fire. And then there was this, this moment after the fire where there's a still small voice. And I think in life, this is a perfect example of how storms of life come up and they blow in and blow up and and it's just crazy. And you don't know how to slow down. You don't know where there's time to slow down. Psalm 4610 says to be still. And you're thinking, I don't know when I can be still. I mean, I don't even have time to think about being still, let alone actually being still. And one of the practices in our life has to be stillness. I mean, right? Isn't that, is that a part of your life, Dave? Is is, is stillness a valuable thing today? Absolutely. You know, one of the, the really incredible things to realize about life is that there are certain times where everything's out of control. Yeah. You cannot control things. And there are times. There are just our times. Um, what you need to do is understand that God knows those times are coming and he will prepare you for them. And you need to then, during the times where things aren't out of control, you need to control your moments so that when they are out of control, you have what you need. The energy reserve, the the um, the understanding reserve, if you want to call it. Uh, when my dad died... Um, I did not feel like reading the Bible that day. I didn't feel like talking to anybody. I didn't feel like uh, talking to God. I mean, when my dad died, there were moments where it was like, okay, so what was I living off of? A reserve. There were things that were brought back to my mind that the Holy Spirit brought back to my mind, and I was living off the reserve that I had built up. And that's important to understand. There are times where you do that. There are times that you cannot that you are not able to, in the middle of very fast and tough and crazy moments of life, it is not the time to say, okay, I'm going to take 10 minutes and think about nothing. You can't do that at times. However, realize this, God knows they're coming. He will prepare you for them, but not if you haven't been still before him already. And and so what I like doing, honestly, is getting up very early in the morning, which a lot of people don't like hearing, but I love to get up early in the morning and spend time with God before the day starts. Because once the day starts, I can't control so many facets of the day. Hmm. So I want to I wanna start in a way. Now, some people could say I end my day that way, you know, as I go to sleep, I want to spend time. That's fine. But, but there, you have to have time during the day. Yeah. where you will spend time with God because the day is going to get out of control. You need to develop a lifestyle, I think, for it. A lifestyle where it's it's a mindset that you're living for God, you know, and, and we've talked about, you know, throwing out the idea of worship, you know, and it's more than just singing. It's it's really living a lifestyle. And there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, you know, whether you eat or whether you drink, 
you do it all for the glory of God. And I think that's the concept of it is that everything you do, even down to the simple mundane eating and drinking, it's like, how do I honor God with this? Absolutely. And I think that's part of the way that we can live our lives in such a way that we're dependent on him, you know, because you're going to have days where we're not perfect, where we're not going to be reading, where we're not going to be spending time with God, but we need to make sure that our lifestyle before that is such a way that we, we have that reserve that you're talking about. You know, I love how Louis Gigolo puts it, you know, he talks about worship and he says this, he says, worship is our response, both personal and corporate to God for who he is and what he has done expressed in and by the things we say and the way that we live. Right. And that's that's really what it's all about, you know, is as we as we even consider the question, what's the point? You know, what's the point of this? Why, why is this happening? Why don't I feel God? You know, it, it's remembering that we need to be dependent on God because of who he is and what he's done for us. Yeah. And so it's it's almost a constant reminder to refocus on him and then to live our lives in such a way that we're living a lifestyle of worship um, expressed in everything that we do and say so that people see Jesus um, because we're called. We're called to be ambassadors. We're called to be image bearers. We're called to bring the world the message of reconciliation of who God is. And sometimes when life happens, it's easy to forget that if we're not taking the time to be dependent on God. Yeah, you know, worship is a verb, not a feeling. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what you have to understand. Uh, there is a definition in the scripture for worship. It's, it's the only one I could find, and it's, it's Romans chapter 12. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Yeah. So it defines it for you. And, and basically it's what you said and what Lou Giglio says. It, it's a lifestyle. Right. It, uh, that's what worship is. It's constantly attributing worth to God by how we do things. Right. And, and what, if it's reduced to just music, mm-hmm. now you're reducing it to something that gives you a feeling. Right. And it's not that, that you don't use music in worship. I didn't say that. But if that's all it is is a feeling, then you don't have worship. Because worship is the present, presentation of your life to God and allowing him to take. And, and that's what true worship is. And I would encourage people, go, go read uh, Romans chapter 12 and read that first couple of verses and realize, man, this is what worship really is. So when I talk about it, this is what I need to understand. And realizing that God plays a role in our every aspect of our every day, and mm-hmm. not just when we go to youth group, not just when we go to church, not just when we go to small group, not when we're reading, just reading our Bible, even though those things are important. You know, we should have this relationship with God all the time. Right. You know, in everything that we do, and when we get busy, we often forget that. And that's when we get to the point of, well, what's the point? Because we've secluded God out of our life rather than including him in everything that we do. And if you go into to 12, you realize the verse before 12, the chapter before says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. In other words, it's, everything's about him. Absolutely. And then the, third, the second verse says, so don't be conformed to this world. So it, it actually has to do with lifestyle. Yep. yep. Understanding who gives life and understanding how to live and subjecting yourself to God, that's worship. You can do that verbally through music. You can do that, but that's what you need to be doing, not just enjoying the, the tunes. Yeah. So, I mean, that it can be done. Yeah. And that's an important aspect to understand. Yeah, it, all that is important. I'll share some of my thoughts when we come back and wrap things up here on HopeNet Radio. But there's plenty of conversation to happen between now and the end of the show. So do jump on the tweet back tonight. Hang out with us. Let us know what your thoughts are. I know you're thinking. you got something on your mind, and you're thinking, well... But maybe, you know, maybe we got to look at this a little bit more. What about this, Jeff? What about this, Dave? Have you guys ever thought about this? Join us on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTV. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. 
If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show tonight. I'm sitting down with Mo again. We're going to talk about Recharge that's coming to Green Bay. It's a conference for youth workers, children's workers, anybody from volunteers to paid vocational staff. This is the conference for you, and Recharge is coming to Green Bay. This is a conference that's put on by youth leadership, and some of you may have listened to Tiger McLuhan from Minneapolis, from Youth Leadership, and Tiger has been in youth ministry for over 40 years. And so, first off, Mo, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Jeff. All right, so part of Recharge that is so fun, last year I was able to go and I was a part of the youth leadership team that was bringing Recharge to Green Bay, and uh, there were some really great breakout sessions, these workshops that we were a part of planning. There were some that were brought in that were a part of the overall Recharge Conference. But the cool thing about this is that we were able to keep it local and have some local workshops. So let's talk a little bit about some of the workshops that are available for youth ministry workers, children's ministry workers. What kinds of things can people expect coming to Recharge? Well, when you come into Recharge, again, it's something that is for children, for youth, and family ministry. So all those categories get touched and get touched really intentionally. And so we go out and we do have a couple speakers that kind of do all of the recharges uh, in the upper Midwest here. But then the the great thing about this is we go out to the local people. Uh, We go out to the local youth ministry, children's ministry, pastors, uh, people that just know what they're talking about because they've been in the ministry for quite a while. And they can share their stories, but they can also tell you, hey, this really works or, hey, this trend is coming. You should be watching out for it. One of my favorites is just uh, talking about how to lead small. We always look at how big our uh, youth ministry programs need to be, but we got to remember that when we started out as, uh, as disciples, as apostles of Christ, he didn't go and get 500 people and start playing uh, different games with them and stuff like that. He started out with 12, and he mentored with them and started small. That really interests me, just to be reminded that that's where it starts, and then it grows, mm. instead of trying to start big and then all of a sudden coming back down. So we do have a workshop on that and focus more on the youth ministry side of things. So if you're interested in learning about that uh, as well, that's a great one to come to. Uh, another passion of mine, uh, and this is going to sound a little funny to you, but is nerdify your youth ministry. What? Nerdify your youth ministry. So if you can imagine that, we've got our uh, uh, good friend uh, Bill Wires coming back in, or B- Bill uh, Vander... Bill Verveld. Thank you. I just know him as Bill. Yeah. Bill the Bill. So, yes. From Ootsburg. Uh, from Ootsburg. And yeah. if you don't know where Ootsburg is, uh, that will, if you come and you can tell us where Ootsburg is, if you can find me at the conference... I will have something special for you. Now, it might not be anything uh, uh, amazing, but if you can tell me where Oosberg is, I can ch- guarantee you this, it'll have a $1 value at the very least. And who can't use a dollar these days? Absolutely. But uh, Bill shows us a lot of different ways to use technology and to uh, use the cultural trends that are happening right now into our youth ministry. Went there last year and uh, went home uh, back to my congregation right away. I had three new tools in my pocket and uh, find out my kids are already using them in school. So they thought it was really cool that now we were bringing something that they were using in school. Uh, they were bringing that into 
the church, and they uh, they grabbed onto it and just loved it. There's a lot of really neat interactive pieces, too. So in these workshops, it's a great time to ask questions. The other part, last year when we were at the conference, we had a guy from Special Touch Ministry come in and talk about ministry to kids with disabilities. And so there's a lot of different facets that we want to bring into this conference, which is, I, I think it's a, a great dynamic. You know, a lot of times you think youth ministry, it's fun, it's games, it's, you know, you've got to have some kind of a teaching moment. Um, but at the same time, like, let's make it, you know, just really attractive to youth. And we don't always know what kinds of people we're ministering to. So it was kind of neat to hear different perspectives. We also had Kirk Foote from Young Life last year, and he did a ministry, he did a, a talk on urban ministry, which was, you know, a little bit different for some of us. Many of us are working in more of a, a suburban kind of framework. And so ministering within an urban culture and, and some of the issues that come up there, that was pretty engaging as well. So the idea behind Recharge, again, for those who have not heard about Recharge, real quick, Mo, what is Recharge? What's this conference? When is it? February 25th. Uh, that is our date. And we're a one-day event. So it's not like you need to pack up the whole crew, go real far away. Of course, it depends where you're coming from. But, uh, you know, hotel and lodging, you don't need to worry about that. We, we give you a lunch. Uh, we start out the day in a large group session, uh, getting to know each other a little bit. Uh, we hear from one of our main speakers uh, that will get us kind of kicked off for the day. We break into workshops or smaller settings. We gather back together for our lunch, and then uh, the rest of the afternoon, uh, we have more workshops, and then we throw in a worship session in there as well, too. And so come uh, with a mindset that, hey, I'm going to learn, but I'm also going to be fed. And that's one thing I wanted to hit on, too, is that one of our more popular uh, workshops last year was our prayer lab. And so one of our staff over at Youth Leadership put together this prayer lab so that we could we could focus and we could feed those that were attending, not just with information, but spiritual renewal as well, too. Folks love that. There was time for them. It was quiet. It was peaceful. I was so impressed. I took it back to my congregation, and I had 50 people do it in a week. Just amazing time to just be with yourself and to be with your God. If you're in youth ministry or children's ministry, you need to check out ministryrecharge.com or go to tonight's show notes at hopenet360.com. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show, Jeff. DW, Jason, wrapping things up with you tonight here on this conversation. But the conversation will continue, of course, because we want you to have these same conversations. Number one, have them with God. Talk to God about them. Uh, Secondly, talk to someone else. Talk to a family member. Talk to a friend. Talk to a youth worker. Talk to one of your mentors. Talk to a friend about some of these conversations that we have and share what's on your heart. Share what's on your mind. We encourage you to do that. That's the whole point of this show. Conversations save lives here on HopeNet Radio. So, guys, as we've been wrapping up this conversation, we've talked about a few things this week on the show. Number one, last week we mentioned about prayer, so we really didn't cover a whole lot on prayer. We talked about that last week, so do go back and listen to that podcast if you missed it. But this verse, Psalm 46, verse 10, it talks about being still. It actually says, be still and know that I am God. And I can't help but think the writer of that psalm was actually in the midst of a time in their life where things weren't so still, things weren't calm. I mean, nobody would write this stuff when they're in the midst of a still time in their life. I mean, maybe you would, but the reality is I think sometimes we get these reminders or maybe profound thoughts 
in the midst of chaos, in the midst of craziness, in the midst of times in our life when we wished that we were on a beach somewhere else. You know, these are the thoughts that we get in the midst of the battle, as it were. Um, another thing we talked about this week is to don't rely on your feelings, to feel like God is working in your life. Trust in the fact that he is because he says he is, even if you don't feel that he is. And another thing that we didn't really touch on too much, but Jason, you brought up, is the fact that we have regret, we have shame in our life that we need to work through in some regard. And then lastly, Dave, as we were opening up the show and kind of talking before the show, you would brought up this idea that if we're going to pray, if we're going to worship God, there's actually another thing we have to factor in, and that is this word that is pretty uncomfortable called submission. So, guys, as we're wrapping up the show, just just some of your final thoughts on some of the things we talked about tonight. One of the hardest things for Americans to do is submit because we feel uh, inferior when we do that. And, and part of our desire is to feel like we're at the top of the heap and the top of the heap doesn't submit. They dictate. That is an erroneous thought. The top of the heap is not something that dictates. Only God has the all-powerful, the all-knowing. He's the only one that we should listen and completely submit to. What we do when we submit to others is we're submitting to what's best for them. That's, that's what we do. Mm. But submitting to God is where it all starts, where we come to God and we do say something like this. And I've been accused of saying this like a billion times, but I will. In my own prayer life, I do. I start by saying, okay, God, you're God. I'm Dave. <laughs> now, now that sets the stage right there. And that's what you have to start with. And if you've never started that way, don't put my name in there, but put your name in there. You know, I mean, just start by saying, you're God, I'm whoever you are. And all of a sudden, you've got perspective because you're, you're putting things in the right perspective. And that's really critical in any relationship. And that is what Christianity is. It is not a religion. It is not a set of precepts. It's, it's a relationship with God. And that's what we need to get back to is understanding it's a relationship, living as if it's a relationship, and being submitters to God. Hmm. And as you do that, you will find that solves all kinds of problems. And that's exactly what we've been talking about, solving the problems, not living with them. Yeah, and I think when we even use the term submit or submission, there's almost a fear thinking that we lose control. I don't think that's the case. I think when, when we talk about submitting, it's it's really acknowledging that Somebody else can have input, you know, somebody else, whether it's somebody wiser with different gifts or abilities. In this case, as we're talking about in our relationship with God, it's saying, you know what, just as you said, I'm not God. You're the one that's in control. You're the one who knows what's best for me. Help me to learn that. Help me to see that. Help me to live by that. You know, because as as humans, we're finite in a sense of we're so focused on the here and now and we lose sight of the fact that we are eternal beings now, that we do have a life beyond death, and we do and we will live for eternity. When things happen in this world, we forget the fact that we're living for eternity, and, and we lose sight of that. But when we refocus and submit to God, he reminds us, hello, this isn't your, your forever dwelling. You know, this is only temporary. Right. And so you might be experiencing things that you don't understand now, but it's to mold and shape you and prepare you for what's to come. Hmm. 
And, and that's the thing that we need to remember. And that goes hand in hand with, with living that lifestyle of worship then, you know, taking every moment captive to who Jesus is. And that's how we experience God. You know, it's, it's constantly reminding ourselves what the big picture is. Because as soon as we, we compartmentalize God and, 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 and put him in only certain segments of our life, then it's not until we try to access those segments or relive those moments that then we think we can experience God. When in reality, when we allow him to penetrate and impact every aspect of our lives, we'll start seeing God show up all the more. But it involves us taking that step of faith, taking that, that responsibility to, to pursue him because it's not just going to happen. There's that ownership aspect of our faith where mm-hmm. we need to allow God and give God opportunities to show up in our lives so that we can see him. Um, rather than just uh, ignoring him. And that brings us back to Psalm 4610, to be still and know that God, to have those moments where, where we allow God to speak to us, where we allow God to say, hey, let me pause for a second and actually realize that not only have you been with me the whole time, but let me listen to you. Submission is a strength, not Absolutely. a weakness. Yeah. If you submit to those who love you and know what they're talking about. Yeah. And, and that's really the way it is. Yeah, that's, and that's huge. And think of all the different people that you've met in your life through the years. As I've had mentors that have come to my life, usually their words of inspiration or affirmation have come through times of being still. You know, in the busyness and the craziness of life, it's hard to learn anything new. It's hard to hear a new voice. It's hard to be inspired if you're constantly surrounded by noise and distracted by the things of, of materialism and the things that come up in your day. Just like Dave said earlier, to actually take time in the early morning. I hate getting up early in the morning. I'll just be honest. I find very few people in my life that love to get up early in the morning. But yet, Dave, as you said, there are some things that you can do in the early morning that you can't do throughout the day. And that is to really get that time where you can be still. So maybe that's an encouragement for you. Maybe in 2017, It's just deciding, you know, I'm going to do a couple of things differently this year. I'm going to wake up earlier, devote myself, not because I feel like it by any means, but I'm going to devote myself to praying every day. I'm going to devote myself to having some type of personal worship time, whether it's singing or it's just in a time of just dedicated time alone with God. Have that time, get up early in the morning, challenge yourself to do that. And I'm speaking to myself here. I don't even care if you're tuning me out at this point in the show, because I'm just listening to what I need to hear from my own life. I need to get up earlier. I need to do some things to tune my life in a way where I'm going to hear from God. I'm going to have breakthrough. I'm going to see some things change in my life, not because I've done anything differently to control those situations, but because I've submitted myself to ways that God works and the ways that he speaks and the the things that he has for me. I've surrendered to him and what his will is for my life. And just try some of those things. See what happens. I mean, what do you have to lose? If your life is crazy and it's chaotic and you feel like you're out of control and you're not really sure why you subscribe to this faith called Christianity, maybe that's just a point of your life where you just need to look at it and say, well, maybe I got to try something differently. Do that. What do you have to lose tonight? That's all for us here on the show this week. You can find the show notes and download these and past episodes for free by checking out HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Our live Twitter chat, the tweet back is going 24-7 at HopeNet360.com or by using the hashtag HNRTB. And you can follow HopeNet360 on most social platforms. Check out HopeNet360.com slash connect. From all of us here on HopeNet Radio, make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Later.